Hello and welcome to the KMS Sports Talk Show podcast. I'm Keaton Smith, your host. And this is the first one of these I've done in a very long time. I believe it was pre-Super Bowl before I've done my done my last own so, uh, solo podcast, but you know, it's it's there's been a lot of stuff that's happened since since then. So I'm I'm excited to get back on here and talk about this, about the Chiefs, about the NFL. Uh today's going to be mostly Chiefs related. But there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happened since then. Obviously, we won the Super Bowl. The drafts happened since then. We are about to get our schedules released. That happens on 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 Thursday. It's Tuesday today. So two days from now, we will get our schedule released. But yeah, I'm going to just straight up talk about just some chief stuff today because, you know, everyone's kind of ha- doing their, every NFL team's kind of doing their own thing right now. Everyone just finished up rookie minicamp. Everyone's signing free agents, trying to get their draft picks ready to go for the season. So I'm going to stick with what I know best, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs and their situations and what I think about what Brett Veach and the boys are doing with the team as we are currently sitting. So like I said, it is Tuesday, May 9th, 2023, and let's talk some Kansas City Chiefs. So first thing on the agenda being the Donovan Donovan Smith signing. Now, Donovan Smith, he was, for those who don't know, he was the left tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. He, his tape was not great last year. He did not have a good year last year. The Chiefs signed him for a one year, up to $9 million deal, knowing Brett Veach, that'll probably be, probably be around 3 or $4 million for the year, which is fine. I'm not really concerned about the money portion of, of signing Donovan Smith, but what I am concerned about is... He is going to be our starting left tackle. Andy Reid announced that a day or so ago that Donovan Smith will be the left tackle and Jawan Taylor will be moving to the right side, which is where he played last year in Jacksonville. So I know we signed, so we signed Jawan Taylor. He, four year, I believe up to $120 million or something like that. And that's obviously left tackle money. But, you know, $120 million to a right tackle, it's not, it's obviously not ideal. Donovan Smith. He's going to get three or four, I believe. That's that's what my assumption is. He'll be getting three or four playing left tackle. Jawan Taylor, $120 million to play the right tackle. That's it's usually flip-flopped. I I guess I, I wouldn't have the biggest problem with in the world if we wanted to keep these guys at their, at their natural positions if Donovan Smith looked okay on film last year. He did not look that good at all. Which is my concern because obviously left tackle is the most important position on that line. And we gave this guy all this money to go play left tackle. And he's being switched back over to the right. I get it. It's his natural position. That's where he's played. But, you know, it, it does bring some some concern. Now, do I think it's going to be that big, big, big of an issue as people are making it? No. And the reason I say that is look at last year. Look at what Andy Reid did last year. We had two... Orlando Brown did not have a great year last year. That's why he lost money going to the Bengals. That's why he only got 60 instead of 140 or whatever it was the Chiefs offered him a year ago. He didn't have a great year. We were able to hide not only him, but Wiley, who is average on his best day. He, They were both being hit in an Andy Reid offense with McKinnon chip blocking, who was just resigned for this last year. Mahomes is also one of the best I've ever seen in pocket movement. He knows he knows how to get around how to get around pressure from edges 
And that's really not my big concern. I think Donovan Smith is also getting a bad rap because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the last few years were the league's heaviest passing offense, meaning a lot more passing reps, meaning a lot more opportunities to get beat. He had to go against guys like Nick Bosa in the NFC. I know they're not in the same division, but he had to go against guys like that in the NFC. And when you look at Juwan Taylor moving to the right tackle, we got to look at, okay, he's going against Max Crosby twice a year. He's going against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, who, who move around on that line. It's I think it'll be just fine. I think this line will be just as good, if not better, than last year, especially with McKinnon coming back and pass pro, knowing what he can do, helping chip block, helping, helping Mahomes out in the pocket. So I'm not that worried about the offensive line. I think I think we're going to be just fine. I think there's no reason to be concerned. And if Donovan Smith is not doing well, we just took we have Wanya Morris, who we just took in the third round, who can move to the right tackle. We have Darian Kennard, who we took last year, and we have Lucas Niang, who was our starting right tackle two years ago. Jawan Taylor, we we paid him all this money. If we really need him to, we can slip him back over to left tackle. I think we're going to be just fine. We have the depth. If someone isn't playing up to standard. It should not be a worry. Next on the agenda, the draft took place. We, I think the Chiefs had a very solid draft. I don't think it was anything absolutely nuts, but the Chiefs with their first three draft picks went after their three biggest needs, being wide receiver, offensive tackle, and edge rusher. First round was FAU. That was Felix Anutike Uzama out of Kansas State, the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. I wasn't the biggest fan of this of this pick when it when it first came out but looking at it now it makes more and more sense as to why Brett Veach and the boys went after this guy not only is he a local kid he's from Lee Summit but he is a very bendy edge rusher which is not something the Chiefs really had once Frank Clark left they don't really have that bendy edge rusher. They have Carl Loftus, who is more, you know, pow- a power rusher, an, an, a run stopper, more so than, than a bend and speed guy. I think FAU can definitely be a great bend rusher. He can be a good, I think he's going to be a good speed to power rusher in this league. And I, it, it's really a scheme fit because, like I said, they didn't, Chiefs didn't have a guy like that. And looking at next year's draft class, the edge class is not all that. So when you're saying, oh, maybe, Maybe the Chiefs should have taken Joey Porter Jr., who went the very next pick the next day in that second round. I think Brett Veach was was looking a little further beyond just that first round evening. He was looking into next year a little bit, saying, okay, there's not that many draft prospe- or edge prospects going into next year. If we can snag a solid one and develop him right now, we'd be in a much better spot, knowing that they have three rookie corners, or not rookies anymore, they'll be second years, but three second-year corners who were our starters when we won the Super Bowl. So I think that's that's kind of what they were looking at. Picking Felix Enudeke Uzama, I think if he can develop under Coach Colin, who did a great job developing George Karloftis last year, I think if he can develop him, we are going to be in a very good spot with a much younger and faster and more athletic defense than we were just a few years ago. So now looking at guys like Rasheed Rice, who was our second round pick, that was more of a of a project pick more than anything. And the reason I say that is, is because when you look at a guy like Rasheed Rice on film, he isn't the best at things like getting off of press. He isn't the best at, you know, 
beating a guy one-on-one, getting separation. But what he is good at is something the Chiefs really didn't have aside of Travis Kelsey, which is a guy who is big and can go up and get a jump ball, can go up and turn a 50-50 ball into an 80-20 ball, as T. Higgins of the Bengals likes to say. So that is very dangerous, especially if he can develop into a guy who can get a little bit of separation. Because if you if you give a guy like Rasheed Rice, who can go up and get it, like I've, like I've been saying, if you can give him to Mahomes and say, all right, this guy can now win 50-50 balls. All you got to do is lob it back door to him. But when you really need him to, he can also go win a slant. He can go win a whip route. He can go win in a corner route. You know, it's it's going to be very dangerous if, if he develops, which I believe Andy Reid can, can force him to, not force him to develop, but gradually get him to develop into being a better and better player at getting off press, getting better separation. If that does happen, it's going to be very dangerous for the league because my pro comp for him was DeAndre Hopkins. And as we know, there's been so much fluff and talk about the Chiefs potentially trading for DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think that's happening anymore. I don't, I don't think that's really... I don't know if it was ever going to happen, but I I really like this pick. It was definitely a comparable pick to DeAndre Hopkins having his go up and get it skills. And if he can develop, look out because that guy would be the Chiefs' number one wide receiver next year. Talking about the wide receiver room a little bit more... I don't think the Chiefs are necessarily going to even have like a number one guy next year. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is the number one. He will be until he retires. But last year, if if Juju wasn't there, which he wasn't for a couple games, the Chiefs didn't really have like a number one guy they went to. KT, Gadarius Tony is going to be the tech guy. I think he's going to be good at, at things like sluggos, quick, quick outs, quick ups. You know, things like that. He's shifty. He can win. He's going to win the short routes. I don't know if he's going to be the greatest vertical guy. I know I know he's fast. I know I know we've seen him go up and get it a couple times. And trust me, I would love to see him do that more. But I think he's going to be a guy who's going to win short like Juju was for us last year. And then that means that um, guys like MVS and possibly Rasheed Rice are going to be the guys who are trying to push that ball downfield after the Chiefs lost McCall Hardman in free agency in free agency this year. So that's kind of what I think about the wide receiver room. I know Sky Moore is going to be more of a slot guy. That guy can get separation. He's the best in our wide receiver room at doing so. I think he's going to have a much bigger role next year with the loss of Juju and McCall Hardman. But yeah, that's kind of what I think about the wide receiver room right now. It's going to be interesting. We really won't know much until training camp starts, but... It's going to be KT, Rice, MVS, Sky Moore. I think for now, we re-signed Justin Watson, who is an, another field stretcher, or at least can be. And uh, yeah, I, we have some versatility now. We have some different guys that can go up and do different things. And um, that's that's really dangerous because Mahomes, he in the past, he's only had really one guy in that wide receiver room. And and it was a pure speed guy, obviously, in Tyreek Hill. But now he has a bunch of different guys who can do a bunch, a bunch of different things. And it's dangerous. Give him, give Mahomes a jump ball receiver, man, and it's going to be dangerous. So look out for Rasheed Rice. Look out for if he develops, because if he does, it's going to be like Mahomes with, you know, maybe a DeAndre Hopkins clone, which is something the league does not want to see. Moving on to to a, a little bit of, we already talked about the tackle cl- uh, the tackle room. Donovan Smith will be fine. Moving on from that, I think the, well, what is next on the agenda here? 
Next on the agenda is the Frank Clark uh, potential signing. Yesterday, Chris Jones was tweeting at Mike Pinnell and tweeting at Frank Clark wanting a potential reunion because we know we had to cut Frank Clark this this offseason after the Super Bowl win. He did lots of great things in Kansas City. He did lots of great things this past year, especially in the playoffs. And I would absolutely love a Frank Clark re-signing. To me, that would complete the edge room for the 2023 season. That would be Carl Loftus. That would be Felix NUDK Uzama. That would be Frank Clark. That would be Mike Dana, who had a very underrated run-stopping season last year. He played at a, a very high level when uh, when no one really looked on him to. He had a good year last year, not not in the pass rush game, but in every other aspect of the game. Mike Dan had a good year last year. But yeah, that would I think that would play a big part in developing a guy like Felix and DK Uzama, who plays pretty similar to Frank Clark. He can bend like Frank Clark a little bit. He has long arms like Frank Clark. It's a very a very comparable player to the Shark. So if the Shark can come back and, and teach Felix and D.K. Ozama and help continue to develop Carl Loftus, this, that's only going to be good things for our very young edges who are, you know, we spent two first-round picks on edges the last two years. So if these guys can develop and continue to 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 turn into into better edge rushers, it's only going to help because at the end of the day, if you can if you can force a quarterback to step up in the pocket, 9-5 is going to be there. The more help you get him on this line, the more dangerous the team is going to be as a whole. Chris Jones had 16 and a half sacks last season with, uh, with you know he had, he had he obviously had some edge help, but there wasn't a a guy who who came on and, and you know gave you 12 sacks off the edge. But if there's a guy who if our edges can can do what they did last year and you know just force guys to step up in the pocket, Chris Jones is going to be there. That was kind of what uh, I saw in Felix Andy Diego Ozama. He forces quarterbacks to step up. He is going to he's going to he's going to get some pressures. He's just that good. And like I said, Frank Clark, this guy's been doing it for a long time. Third third all time in playoff sacks. He knows what it takes. It would complete the edge room. Frank Clark would be probably more of a rotational edge rusher. I think I think all of our guys would be rotational edge rushers like we did last year. We kept getting fresh guys in there and it worked because we were the second leading or second team in sacks, I believe only two the record-breaking Eagles. So that was a great a great turnaround from, you know, previous years where the Chiefs struggled to get pressure. So another edge and Frank Clark returning is really going to help this this edge room and I'm excited to see what this young defense does. Now, on to the third and final topic of this here podcast, the schedule. Okay, the schedule I don't think is that big of a deal. I know the Chiefs have a you know, a pretty tough schedule. They're playing guys like Philadelphia, the Bengals, you know, obviously the obviously the Chargers twice a year. Who is the the biggest one is obviously the Bills, Dolphins, Lions. There's a lot of really solid teams. So, when you look at this season, I'm going to make a record prediction. And my prediction going into next year just because of how hard this schedule is, I'm going to go 12-5. and five. Potential losses for me include Jaguars, Philly, Bengals, Miami, Buffalo, and maybe a loss to the Chargers. 12-5 and five I think is completely reasonable for a team of this stature and for a schedule of, of such 
it's very difficult. It just there's a lot of playoff teams that are we're, we're going to be facing next year, and a 12 and five record would be nothing to be mad at at the end of this season. That'd be probably a two or a three seed. So I wouldn't be mad at that. And yeah, I I'm really excited for this upcoming season. We have OTAs here in a few weeks, or yeah, in a few weeks I believe. And yeah, I'm really excited to keep keep doing this over summer. I'm going to do my best to keep this going. Whenever there's more stuff to come out and talk about is when I'll be posting posting stuff. This isn't necessarily going to be like a an every week type of thing. This is, isn't necessarily going to be a every two week type of thing. Just whenever there's enough to come out here and talk and give my opinion about it, I'm going to do so. So thank you all for listening. This has been my first episode back and I will see you guys when I see you. Thank you.